Percy, when facing a life or death situation, should we just accept the facts as they may appear and there's nothing we can do to change those circumstances? Well, Wayne, I suppose it's a matter of who you ask, right? Mm. Honestly, I certainly have seen this scenario go in either direction. I think the key to this question is, does one have a right to choose to believe that in the face of death, they potentially can live and survive that threat? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this is a conversation worthy of talking about today. Let's discuss this. All right, let's do that. Coming up shortly, a pastor who faced that very dilemma and explains how he had a talk with God that allowed him to work through that quandary as a caregiver for his wife. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae, Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I don't know about you, but it feels so good now to be on the backside of this pandemic. I know things are still a little tenuous in certain places, but we're all feeling a lot better about this thing, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We certainly have been praying and believing that we were going to see some clearance, and it appears that that's in front of us. So we need to continue to be hopeful and see where we end up here. Yeah, it really has changed life for many people, though, and uh, we're so grateful that we've been able to carry on with this podcast here for our many, many listeners that we have. And thank you, by the way, to those listeners. One way you can uh, encourage us is by leaving a review of this podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or on other platforms as well. We'd love to get your comments, and that really helps attract other people to listen. Some people who may benefit from this, Percy, may not know that this podcast exists, or our listeners can help us out. Well, as a ministry, and that's exactly what this intent is intended to be, uh, we want to reach, obviously, as many listeners as possible and as many people in the cancer community that may be impacted by that disease. And so, yes, please uh, leave reviews and uh, share shows so that people, more people can basically have access to, to the work that's being done here as we continue to try to bless and encourage God's people. Yeah. Now, if you were with us last time, you met Pastor LaShonda Humphreys. And if you were not with us last time, it's in the archive, of course. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can go and listen any times. And I encourage you to listen to LaShonda's testimony. But we're going to hear from her husband today, who was the caregiver when she went through her cancer journey. Exactly. And, you know, he and she are co-pastors of their local congregation, and they had a real health challenge and a real uh, dilemma that they both individually and collectively had to work through. And in this particular conversation, uh, we're going to hear how a caregiver basically dealt with hearing the news that potentially uh, within a very short period of time, his wife may not survive uh, her cancer journey and actually may die and how he managed and handled and worked through that quandary in his emotions, Mm -hmm. in his mind, as well as in his spirit. Yeah, cancer affects not only the patient, but everyone around them as well, all loved ones there connected. So we'll we'll learn from uh, Pastor Dewan here in just a few moments. Now, we ask a question of our listeners each week, and we love getting these responses because we share them, and we learn from them, and we use these responses. How about a question this week to pose to listeners? Well, we have a question that we would like to pose, and it is this. Have you ever had a life-threatening situation that you chose to believe you could survive? Hmm. Have you ever had a life-threatening situation 
that you chose to believe you could survive. All right. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect in the drop-down menu. I'll give you a chance there to answer the question this week. Here's a question we asked previously. How complicated was it understanding your cancer diagnosis, and what did you do to help your comprehension? Well, a listener in Dallas, Texas wrote to us and said this, Simply because of the initial shock of hearing I had cancer, I understood very little in the beginning. But thank God I had a caregiver who accompanied me who took copious notes that I could take my time and review after the shock subsided. Boy, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Absolutely. And it's one of the reasons why we often like to celebrate caregivers because they are a tremendous aids and assistance for people who are walking uh, that journey. In this particular case, someone that could take notes, who could process information and help that individual later on uh, unpack and unravel some of the, you know, language mm-hmm. uh, that is thrown out at you when you receive that news. And I know exactly the feeling there. My wife was with me mm-hmm. when I was told that information. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. And some of it you just don't absorb. You don't even hear it. And in some cases, there's some of that information you just don't understand. Having that information, writing it down, and then being able to go back and look at it later uh, is a tremendous help that we would all benefit from in walking this path of of being told that we have cancer. Well, that's a great response and a helpful response from that listener in Dallas. So thank you for that very much. Now, let's go to God's Word, and then we'll meet our guest today. Well, our spiritual nugget for today is found in Psalms 143, verse 6 through 8, and it reads as follows. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down in the pit. Verse eight, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life. And this scripture is going to be so appropriate for uh, the conversation that we're going to hear with this pastor today who was told uh, that his wife had basically seven days to live and how he processed that information and what did he do. That's coming up. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, after Percy talked with last week's guest, Pastor LaShonda Humphreys, he made contact with Dewan Humphreys, her husband. Let's learn from that interview. All right, today I am so excited. I'm back with another show, and man, uh, this is going to be really, really powerful. And uh, we're speaking today with uh, Pastor Humphreys, who is a pastor of a church in Conyers, uh, Georgia, and the name of his congregation is Info Life Church in Conyers. And the reason why this show is going to be profound, he is a pastor, but he's also a caregiver, and the caregiver of his wife 
uh, LaShonda Humphreys, who we've interviewed on the show before. You've heard from her. And if you did not catch that show, go back and uh, look up Pastor LaShonda Humphreys as she told her story about being a breast cancer patient and how she had to work through the struggle uh, initially of conflict around uh, using her faith and also utilizing medical treatment and care. Today we want to talk with the man that stood behind the woman uh, and who provided support to her mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Welcome to the show today, Pastor. How you doing, my friend? We are doing well, my brother. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited. Well, listen, I'm always excited when I can talk to the shepherds of the local church. Uh, I know the work that has to be done, and that work is not easy. Uh, And so I thank you for your call, and thank you for answering that call, Pastor. We want to talk a little bit about your story as being a, a pastor of a congregation, but also having to be a caregiver of your wife who was diagnosed with cancer. So first and foremost, uh, where were you uh, and do you remember the day that you were told that your wife had cancer and how, what were you thinking and what ran through your mind when you heard that initially? Well, um, <laughs> I was, uh, it was one, it was an afternoon and, and I, w- I was actually sitting in my living room and my wife was back in our bedroom and she walked into the living room. And she said, the doctor said that I have cancer. And mm. she like took off running. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, well, what all these thoughts and, you know, what's going on? What do we do? What does that mean? And so the, my first mission was just to take off running after her. And, mm. you know, we got back to the bedroom and we embraced. And, you know, we began to move forward in the process. Okay. And, and I remember the day when um, I was told that I had cancer, and I remember I had to tell my wife. And it was kind of a similar dynamic. You know, uh, she kind of froze in her tracks, and I, she looked at me, and I, I kind of looked at her, and then we had to kind of come to terms. Because I believe that when, when in most cases, when people are told that they have cancer and their caregivers hear that, that there's just a moment of truth that you have to kind of just stop for a second and kind of process what you just heard and then kind of – Go, okay, what does that mean and where do we go from here? So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Absolutely. As a pastor of a church, I want to deal with this from a ministerial perspective first. I've talked to a lot of pastors. I've ministered with a lot of pastors. I've prayed over a lot of pastors who have either had cancer or in many cases their caregiver, they were caregivers. Uh, Let's talk about having to stand before the church pastor uh, and dealing with the walk of faith but coming to terms with, we've got a medical situation here. Uh, what does this mean? And, and how do I communicate this to the local church? Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, it's one of the things that I've learned um, over the course of being in ministry and, and being a pastor um, is how we teach things, fundamental things that sometimes are not real. And one of the things that I believe that is taught in the church is with God, we don't have to go through anything. And as soon as, as soon as we encounter some sort of trial and tribulation, then the the fight of why me, why am I going through this Mm. is something that we deal with because we think when we give our life to God, we don't have any problems. And so it was the, 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 the sharing it with the church was an opportunity first to release it. Yeah. And then it was also an opportunity to begin to help the people, help the people of God understand it. The, 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 you know, the word says that 
we are going to have trials and tribulations, but our faith is what drives us through them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it wasn't difficult to, to, to share it in the essence of, you know, me worrying about what they're going to think because, you know, I'm a pastor and, you know, we, we pastors and we love the Lord. How do we deal with this? Right. Because that's something, something that we taught that you're going to go through trials in life, but it's not going through it. It's how you go through it that you get victory. It made it a lot easier. For okay, us. praise God, Pastor. I appreciate that, and and you're exactly right. Uh, and and I think that the the church and the members of the church are served better served to see their spiritual leaders at times of vulnerability, not because of lack of faith or strength, but because, as right. you mentioned. Uh, you're you're part of the world just like everyone else, and you experience the negative trials and and vicissitudes of life as everyone else. And they need to see their spiritual leaders work through that. Absolutely. So with that, I thank God for you, absolutely, and and for your wife as well. Let's talk about. Um, uh, we did not discuss this when we had an opportunity when uh, when I interviewed your wife, uh, but there was there was an occasion after she had kind of worked through. The conflict and the battle of whether to do clinical care, not to do clinical care, starting out kind of trying to do some things naturally, et cetera, et cetera. She's in the midst of clinical care and in the midst of a clinical environment. And on one faithful day, Pastor, you get a conversation from one of her uh, medical team members about a, a time frame that was associated with the possibility from them, at least from a medical perspective, that did not look like uh, that you would have her with you much longer. Let's step through the day that you were confronted with a conversation medically about the possibility of your wife dying and, and how you managed and, and what ultimately happened there. Okay. Um, it was February 12th, 2018. Okay. Um, at the moment, I was actually in the room with my wife. She was in ICU at that time. Her uh, breathing was continuing to um, decrease and as I was sitting in the room, I got a call from um, her uh, medical doctor who, who told me he needed to have a conversation with me. Okay. And I told him, yeah, I'm, I'm right here in the room with my wife. And he was like, I, you know, I would really prefer to have this conversation somewhere else. So I met him in the waiting room. Okay. Um, and we sat down and, and, and I am so grateful for him because his love and, and his, his passion um, it was one of the things that helped drive us as well. Mm. Um, but he actually he actually was getting ready to have surgery on his shoulder and the shoulder was wrapped up. But he felt it necessary to come wow. and have this conversation with us about what was going on medically. OK. And what he sat down with and explained to me was uh, your wife's breathing is continuing to decrease. He said in three days um, she would basically be on life support. And three days from that medically, three days from that she would no longer be with us. Mm. And so um, I was told to kind of prepare myself to deal with the reality that in seven days, my wife would no longer be here. Okay. And so you hear that, Pastor. Now, again, you're a man of faith and power. You're preaching the word. You're you're standing on the word. And, and, and then, but the reality is you're sitting in a clinical, and I want to paint the picture for someone that's listening today, because this is not this is not something that's just made up. This is real talk here now. And yes. I've been I've been in this scenario in supporting cancer patients, pastors, their wives inside of a clinical environment. And I want to say on the onset that every medical doctor who's ethical and who is committed to being ethical has a ethical right uh, to to share their best medical prognosis 
so that right. they can give that information to a caregiver or a patient. And I, I agree with you. I loved how he set this up. He, he said, listen, I want to kind of share this conversation with you and not right. necessarily with your wife and let you kind of process that. But I want people to understand that medical doctors have a very tough job that, that right. they do not delight in giving bad news to patients or their caregivers at all. And they struggle through that. And so, right. but they have a moral op and an ethical obligation to do so. So he gives you that information. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Pastor. Talk to me. What's what's running through your head? What's 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 going on now, Pastor? You know, talk talk. Keep it keep it real with me at this moment. Okay. Um, well, the, my first initial response was I began to just say no, 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 no. That's not that's that's not going to happen. Okay. No, I don't believe that. And so all these emotions um, began to come through me. And and please understand, my wife and I, we have seven children. Yeah. Seven, seven babies. And so as I'm as I'm hearing the doctor say, your wife has seven days to live, all these images began to go through my mind. Sure. Images of, you know, oh my God, what about our babies? Yeah. Oh my God, you know. Who's going to help me take care of these babies? I began to see images of myself having to come home and cook dinner. And, and all of these thoughts began to, I'm, this isn't a matter of, 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 you know, a minute, really. Yeah, uh, all of these thoughts, all of these images, because we begin, when we hear news, the first thing we do is begin to create images of negative outcomes. Yeah. And so I'm wrestling with all of these negative outcomes, and it is a natural response. Yes. At that moment, I didn't have time to be religious. I didn't have time to say, but I'm a man of God. No, I wrestled with that thing. Okay. I'm, I'm grateful because there were a few people that were there with me at that moment. And so it is important, you know, if, if you have some people that can stand mm. with you, that can stand with you. And and, and my wife's auntie from, from Jacksonville, Florida, she had came up just to see, just to be there that day. And she whispered in my ear, just one simple statement. She whispered in my ear, what God do you serve? Okay. And what that did was, is that reminded me. Yeah. It shifted my mind back to no longer focusing on the diagnosis and the, and, and the, the pronounced outcome, yeah. but shifted back to the God that I've been preaching about, <laughs> the God that I've been trying to live my life for. And when it, when my mind shifted back to God, then I began to listen to him. Okay. And so here is, and here's what I see as I look on the outside looking in, you got regrounded, you got re-anchored with around again, your, your, uh, as I tell people, you kicked into your theology. Cause see, yes. cause see the way that you outline this pastor is so true is that the way that our brain and our mind operates, you know, it 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 processes through channels and it goes through different levels of of trying to assimilate this that or the other and so you got regrounded in your yeah. faith in who and who who your god is to you and that that got brought you back to a place I would imagine where you got stabilized emotionally and mentally so then you're you're regrounded now you know yes. you've been given some really really bad news Right. What happens now, Pastor? What's what's the next thing that takes place after you get re restabilized after being told uh, that potentially your wife is going to die in seven days? Well, I, I, I one one of the things that I love about the cancer treatment center and is that you know they 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 touch in every aspect the the, the, the medical as well as the spiritual and so there's a chapel that's located within the cancer treatment center. Yeah. 
And after, you know, I was able to kind of get myself together, I separated myself from everybody else. And I actually went into the chapel okay. and probably spent about the next hour there. I remember the, the um, young lady came in to clean up and she saw me in there and I was praying and crying. And she said, OK, and she just turned around and walked back out. Yeah. But I went into the chapel because that was the closest place that I could go to help me stay in that place yep. of being focused on what I believe. In. Yep, yep, yep. And and what I can tell you, Pastor, and I know this for a fact, every chapel and every facility underneath the carpet of all of the is, is scriptures that are written on the floors of our chapels. We we dedicated every chapel in every hospital facility with the word of God written on the concrete floor. And then we laid the carpet on it because we tell people that when you are standing on that space, you are standing literally on the word of God. So, so with that, you, you're in the chapel, you're crying out, you're, you know, you're, you're like David, you've thrown yourself on the altar, you're weeping, you know, uh, sackcloth and ashes. What happens next pastor? Um, Well, Okay, let me say this. One thing I one thing I love is that those chapels are open for anybody to come in. They're not locked. Twenty four hours. You can go hours. in there at any time. And so I'm that that part I'm grateful. But as I as I was in there and I was crying out, I be, I began to ask the Lord. Okay, you know, I'm, 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 my mind has been everywhere. What is what are you saying? What are you saying concerning this situation? Yeah. And it was at that point that God told me, you know, I'm going to I'm going to heal your wife. Okay. And that was awesome. That was amazing. And when we hear something from God, we've got to connect with what he said. And so I asked God, I said, God, start painting new images in my mind. Okay. Start painting new, because the images I have is me coming home trying to cook dinner and my my, my emotions are following those images. Yep. And so when God said, I'm going to raise your, I'm going to heal your wife, he began to show me, um, me coming home and my wife cooking dinner and I walk up behind her and my kids like, Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, <laughs> he began yeah. to paint those images. Yeah. And, and as I began to, those new images began to be yeah. painted in my mind, my excitement, my faith began to follow the new images that God painted. Amen. So that was 2016 pastor. Uh, 2018. I'm sorry, 2018. I apologize. And mm-hmm. we, we already know cause we, inter- we've already interviewed, uh, Pastor wife, we've already talked to her. So we know in 2021, we know what the outcome was. We know she's still here. Uh, the Lord, the Lord uh, did exactly what he said he would do. Um, Let's talk about the day when, uh, when you got past seven days, when you got past 10 days, when you got past 14 days, when you got past 30 days, what, what, what began to happen with you in you and how did that and did that impact you even from a ministerial perspective, from a pastoral perspective, when you stood to declare the word of God to the people? Yeah, it. Um, wow. After after the seven days, it, 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 it gave me a belief and a trust in God that I never had. Mm. It helped me to understand that God is so much more detailed and deeper than oftentimes what we even preach about. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that we serve a God that that can do all things. And it's amazing how, you know, we say that and we eliminate him in the most difficult areas of our life. Okay. But the reality of it is, is that I've I've learned that there is nothing that God cannot do. Amen. 
is what what we have to be, we just have to believe that's what I have to say. Okay. So and when we have that foundation, mm-hmm. it helps us to 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 see and know all things. So you get past you get past that seven day benchmark, Pastor. You mm-hmm. you you literally are standing in a place of experiencing the glory of God being manifested in a way that that is nothing short of miraculous. And again, I want to be mm-hmm. clear that, you know, and I've been doing this a long time and I, I believe in being fair and balanced that I've seen scenarios where that didn't always end up being the case for various different right. reasons. But on this occasion with your situation, uh, yeah. the, the, the woman of God has risen up off of her bed of affliction. Uh, yeah. The Lord gives strength back to her body. She's alive and well. She's, she's mothering them babies uh, she's yeah. still, I would imagine, cooking them good meals because, again, that's what, you, that's what y'all do down south. I know that for a fact. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> she is standing before the congregation today. What what, what would you say ultimately to to this walk, this experience that – see, because this is not somebody else's testimony. This, this is something you right. have to walk through, and I tell people all the time, you don't have a testimony until you've had a real test, and you don't have a message right. until you've been through some real mess. Uh, what what is the one thing that you would leave with someone listening today that just heard this and who's walking the path of of trying to deal with challenges and hardships and negative and, and as a caregiver, you know, what would you say as a final word in terms of what keeps your hope alive, Pastor? Yeah, um, I will say I will say this, um, Reverend McCray. I will say what keeps my hope alive is seeing the whole miracle. Yeah, and I say that to say to, to I say that in a way that many people see the miracle of my wife still living, but there's so much more to the miracle, which is my seven children are doing well. My seven children didn't lose their mind. Although they had some very difficult times, God kept, God kept her and God kept our family. And, and I see the miracle and my hope is in seeing God just move throughout the fullness of my family. My, My oldest son is in college and he called me, and told me the other day that he's going to be a leader of, pre, of teaching Bible study in his school, Amen. in his college. Yeah. And so the miracle, I, my hope is, that, my hope stands in seeing God perform the miracle that he's consistently forming, performing in my family. Praise and so I, I encourage every caregiver because it's such a selfish act. But please understand that God has not left you. God has not forsaken you mm. and see the miracle of every day that he allows you to keep on being able to pour into somebody. Praise it is a God. daily walk yeah. that helps us to live this life. Today, you have heard from Pastor True Juan Humphreys. He is the co-pastor of Info Life Church in Conyers, Georgia. And we're going to leave the uh, information of how you can contact him, his website, his address, if you're ever in the Georgia area. Uh, Pastor, today I want to thank you and uh, your precious darling wife for being living epistles that can be read of men. I bless your ministry. Continue to do that which God has put in your heart, my friend. The best is yet to come. It's been a pleasure to have you on Health Hope. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. What a power couple for God. We met uh, the wife last week. We met Dewan Humphreys here today, Percy. We did. These are wonderful people. This is a husband and wife. They have seven children. They they both co-pastor a local congregation in their community. 
And uh, the the wife, as we talked to last week, LaShonda, Pastor LaShonda, uh, basically was diagnosed with cancer and struggled through the process of whether she should receive clinical care or not. Finally did that. Uh, and so she's receiving her clinical care and on a routine visit back to the hospital, uh, ran into some complications breathing and then was admitted to the intensive care unit. And Pastor uh, Dewan then receives a phone call from her physician while she's in intensive care and basically tells him to step out the room and shares with him that he, from a from a medical prognosis perspective, it didn't look well and possibly within seven days, his wife would not still be alive. Mm. And so he had to unpack and come to terms with that as a man of faith, as a pastor, as a uh, husband. And so he went to the chapel, he said, you know, because there are chapels in all of the uh, Cancer Treatment Center of America hospital facilities. They're open 24 hours a day. And he said he went and he wept and mm. prayed to God wow. because he had to regroup. He had to come to terms with hearing sure, that information. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, let that sink in for just a moment. I, I want to ask you some questions about that in, uh, in a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But with locations in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. So, Percy, if the doctor came to you and said, well, humanly speaking, your wife has seven days, I mean, we all would just, I mean, we'd have to turn to God, wouldn't we? That's, that's an awful bit of news. It is, it is a shock to the system, obviously. And again, depending on where you're located and, and where your hope and your faith lies, uh, as believers and as people, are, as children of God, uh, then we, we turn our face to the wall, if you will, and, and begin to cry out to God and, and begin to seek his face. And that's exactly what uh, Pastor Humphreys did. Uh, he said he began to think about his seven children. That mm -hmm. was the first thing mm -hmm. that started rolling around in his mind. Naturally, and sure. Then, yeah, absolutely. And then he began to, he said he had to reframe his imagination about a certain thinking and thought that he was trying to uh, envelop and develop around the situation. So he, he went through, if you will, a, a series of emotions and reflections and and began to kind of call upon the the last hope that he had and that was his faith in god at mm -hmm. that point yeah and we've talked about this before about putting a pastor on the pedestal but mm. here's somebody who really wrestled with these issues as as a human being yeah and he talked about the fact even going before the congregation even as as his wife did in sharing with the congregation that this is the you know, this is the journey we're in. This is the battle and the fight that we're now uh, facing. And he said that it was one of the best things that he could have done because he wanted the congregation, he said, as he has preached uh, over many years, that, you know, we face trials and tribulations and circumstances. And that's true even for us as your spiritual leaders and as pastors. Mm -hmm. So he was transparent and they were transparent. 
and letting the congregation know about what they were engaged in. But this situation, uh, you know, there is no dress rehearsal for being told that your wife no. potentially may not live beyond seven days. No, no. Well, we often talk about the role of attitude in healing. And he said, start painting new images in your mind, images mm. of healing. You know, that that's a very important statement. It is because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. And again, the heart that is being referred to in the scriptures is not the organ that pumps blood in our chest, but it's it's the inner thinking of our imagination and our thoughts. And so he began to, you know, to, to change what he was thinking and imagining. And then he placed that before God. He placed that on the altar, if you will, uh, as he cried out to God and and seeking his face. And it's, it's, it's really interesting and ironic to me uh, that he said that once the seven day period passed, his wife was still alive. She had, she had survived that. And now today, uh, she is still very much alive and well. She still is receiving some active treatment. Uh, but the point for him, he said that what he learned from that is that it gave him a belief and a trust in God that he had yeah. never had before. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That. Right. It is. And, yeah. and this is a pastor talking. So again, yeah. I think this is the lesson that everyone needs to hear and learn. And he said that it helped him to understand that God is so much more detailed and deeper than oftentimes uh, he had even preached about, and that the reality was that we serve a God that can do all things. Well, we wouldn't wish cancer on anyone, of course, but Mm. you have to look at a situation like this and see how going through that trial really changed this couple for the better, strengthened their faith. It did. It absolutely did. And they both uh, are declaring that, again, they are bigger, better, Uh, more faithful Christians and spiritual leaders as a result of this experience. And, you know, we can summarize this particular conversation up in in really one word, and that was uh, a a chapel visit with the Lord, with Mm -hmm. this pastor who was given really bad news. And he he turned his face to God and he said, Lord, you know, uh, I'm standing and believing that this is all that I have at this moment in time to rest upon. And uh, he cried out to God. And, and God heard his prayer. Hmm. It's a great story. I haven't mentioned yet today our free resource, but obviously it fits right in with what we're learning together here now, How to Face Cancer with Boldness. Say a word about this resource, Percy. Absolutely. This resource was designed to speak to dynamics and scenarios, just as this conversation has uh, painted for us, is that when uh, dealing with the subject and the journey and the topic of cancer, there will be or can be opportunities where uh, you're being challenged mentally, emotionally, and in this particular case, uh, also physically. And again, we want to encourage this community, people of faith, people who are trusting in God to face cancer with boldness, that when, when the enemy is staring you down and backing you into a corner, how do we muster up the boldness of the Lord to be able to stare back and stand back and declare that until the last word has been given, uh, we have uh, the ability to continue to tap into who God is and what he is, and we need boldness to do that. So this document uh, gives you very helpful and practical uh, mechanisms uh, to work through in terms of your prayer life, in terms of your community, in terms of how you approach mentally and emotionally and spiritually the threat of cancer that will allow you to be bold as a lion to continue to say that we are fighting back until the very end. Hmm. Well, two things to do then when you visit us online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. The first is download this free resource, How to Face Cancer with Boldness. It's free. You can print it out. You can use it. You can share it with other people, however you like. 
How to Face Cancer with Boldness at healthhopeandinspiration.com. The second thing is answer our question of the week. Have you ever had a life-threatening situation that you chose to believe you could survive? Answer that question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, circle back on the scriptures with us before we leave now. And it reads as follows. I spread out my hands to you. I trust for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you, I entrust my life. That's Hmm. Psalms 143, verses 6 through 8. And again, that's exactly what Pastor Humphreys did uh, in his moment of need. And we declare and we want to encourage everyone listening, turn your face to God, cry out to him and seek his face in in the moments of tribulation and trial as we continue to walk by faith and not by faith. Beautiful passage of scripture there, Percy. Thank you. Now, what is it you want us to do until we meet next time? There's something you want Listen, me to do, we, right? <laughs> yeah, there's something we we always got to do, and that's we've got work to do, so we need to keep chopping the wood. All right, that's Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Center of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.